And good day, this is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. And today we continue with the series of Your Identity in Christ. And we're going to start off with prayer today. We thank you, Lord, right now in the name of your Son. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I Right now I decree and declare freedom for the captives, freedom to those who are sick and diseased who are listening to this right now. In Jesus' name, I speak healing and wholeness over their bodies. I speak healing and life, your life, into their bodies by way of your Holy Spirit, from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet, that no form of disease shall affect them. No disease will touch them. No infections, no viruses, no disease, no dis-ease. In Jesus' name, right now, in their bodies or in the bodies of their families in Jesus name I thank you Lord that they will come to know you even greater by the word that you are the word made flesh the word of God in Jesus name amen so as we uh, continue from last week in the series overall with the your identity in Christ but last week we began to touch on the news of the coronavirus and uh, this week I wanted to touch on a couple of uh, sections of the Bible, a couple of uh, chapters in different parts of the Bible that show the Old and the New Testament aspects of this. And one of the things I'm, I'm hearing about a lot is people uh, running to Psalms 91. And we're going to read out Psalms 91, and there's nothing wrong with the Word of God. We just want to draw a distinction between the Old and the New Testaments today. Psalm 91 verse 1 he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. And right there you can include sickness and disease as part of pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge, his faithfulness, is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. Let us pause right there. These words are the word of God, and they are still true today. And we are not saying they are a lie. They, we are saying that they are still true. They are still accurate. And if this is what you would like to place... Uh, uh, your faith in uh, because obviously it is the word of God it's the truth <clears throat> if this is where you find your comfort and your belief then so be it in these times of distress and uh, fear in the world <clears throat> trying to take hold of people this is an excellent chapter in the Old Testament Psalms 91 um, and it is still true today it still works today if you dwell in the shelter of the Most High. It's very conditional, just like a lot of verses in the Word. No plague will come near your tent. 
it says in verse t uh, 10. And also in verse 10 it says, No evil shall be allowed to befall you. Now we know from Acts 10.38 that uh, devil, uh, the devil brings oppression through many ways, one of which is sickness. Because Acts 10.38 10, talks about Jesus going about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God is with him. And he, and he healed everyone who came to him. So we know that G the devil is the oppressor, and the devil is the one where there are works of the enemy, works of the enemy, works of the devil, and those works are sickness, disease, poverty, um, murder, stealing, uh, all, all things that uh, God did not create. Amen. These are things of the fallen world which are um, perpetuated by the works of the enemy and influence and continue to be driven by the enemy and influence in those souls of those who had, do not yet know the Lord and have not yet given over their lives to him um, for the most part. Um, <clears throat> if we go on to read verse 11, for he, the Lord, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. So here it says that you will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. Now this is in quotes. This is in inverted commas. This is what the Lord is saying by way of his Holy Spirit to the psalmist who's writing this. Verse 16, because he holds fast to me in love. So that means the Lord is saying, because the person who trusts in me holds fast to me in love. That's what that's really meaning. I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. So it's very important, like we've been talking about many weeks now, to know the Lord, to get to know him more, to know his nature, to know his character. And we know that by reading the Word of God, renewing our mind, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, renewing our mind to the truth so that we understand what the truth is and not what uh, necessarily trusting what other people say. Because if other people are not quoting the word and telling you exactly what it means, which is in, in context, rightly divided, and it's accurate, then you cannot trust everything they are telling you because they, they may be very good people they may have very good intentions in their heart, but if they, uh, who knows that one degree on the compass off of north is not true north. One degree on the compass is not 360 degrees or zero degrees. It is one degree. And one degree looks almost exactly like it's absolutely spot on true north. But if you look closely, it is not exactly true north because it's one degree off of true north so that means that you wouldn't want to read the word and be told what it means by someone who is one degree off of the truth because one degree off of the truth is not the entire truth in accuracy so verse 14 because he holds fast to me in love I will deliver him I will protect him because he knows my name 
So we have to know the Lord for ourselves and not take what other people say without reading the word yourself to find out on your own time about the Lord, his promises he has for you and those things. Um, because in these times we have to trust in the Lord and not man. We have to trust totally in the name of Jesus. It's faith in that name that raised that man off of the ground that day with Peter. So, when he calls to me, I will answer him. Verse 15. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You see, it says here, I will be with him in trouble. How many know that God said he would never leave you nor forsake you? He will never leave you in trouble, and he will never leave you in good times either. So Psalm 91 is a wonderful chapter, and it really helps um, many of us, a lot of people in the world, even people who don't really know the Lord, will cling to Psalm 91 in times of distress and fear and worry, um, pestilence abound, plagues abound, viruses abound, and it gives them much comfort. And there's nothing wrong with that because it's much better reading Psalm 91 than sometimes just watching the news all day and just becoming so fearful of what's going to happen or what may happen or what may never end up happening at all. Uh, but how do we? how many know that the news never says to you, you know, this may never happen. They always tell you what could happen and what may instead of what may never happen and not to worry. So, <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 is where we see the verse that begins long ago at many times and in many ways. God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. So what the word is saying here is that in the old times, for the longest time, for the old in the in the old covenant, in the old testament times, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Jesus had not yet shed his blood at the cross. Jesus had not yet come during the Old Testament. Although Jesus is is uh, referred to and he's present in the Old Testament, he wasn't present on the earth in natural form in man, in a man's body walking around in right relationship with God and he had not yet paid for our sins. He had not yet come to deliver us. Um, but how many know that God had that plan from the very beginning, from from the, the, before the foundation of the world. But why are we bringing up Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 right after we read out Psalm 91? It is to, dis, to draw a distinction between the way that God was had to work through um, people, through his prophets, and, and deal with his, uh, his children in the Old Testament. Um, compared to in the last days, verse 2, where now he speaks to us by his son, meaning 
the believer, now born again, if the believer truly has been a believer and confess in their heart and their mouth that Jesus is Lord, that they believe God has raised Jesus from the dead, they are born again, they are a new creation, old things have passed away, behold, all things are new. But the new believer, the new believer, depending on their 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 faith their understanding of their identity may not necessarily drift back to psalm 91 as much as they used to psalm 91 still functions it's still the word of god the old testament is the truth but jesus came and did amazing things the works that he said it is finished we need to explore these things and we cannot do them all in 30 minutes or so but what i want to explain to you today is that while you can dwell and meditate on psalm 91 for your comfort and resting uh, in the lord dwelling in the shadow of the most high in verse 1 psalm 91 is a psalm that was written of course and obviously before Jesus paid at the cross with his blood. So what does that mean? The people at the time who were who the psalmist was not born again, amen, did not have Christ living in him, did not have the power of the Holy Ghost living within him, so he could not declare, <clears throat> decree and declare things and have dominion over the earth. He could not lay hands on the sick, and see them recover. The Holy Spirit was uh, uh, on occasion able to, at God's direction, bring healing to specific people in the Old Testament. But the, the power of the Holy Spirit was not yet dwelling within people because the, Jesus had not yet gone to the cross and paid for us to be recreated, our, our spirits to be regenerated. So there is a difference between Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is from the mindset of, I need God's protection. I cannot do anything about this except trust in God. And of course, we must still trust in God today. We must trust in God for things. But Psalm 91, while it is excellent in what it promises, it, it, it is you waiting on God and not God waiting on you. You are waiting on God to continue to protect you, and you are hoping with everything in your heart that He will come through. And He will if you dwell in the shelter, in His shelter. Amen? But how much more now in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, because now Jesus went to the cross... And let's read the uh, let's read this because Jesus had not yet poured out his blood until the cross, an event which he spoke of at the Last Supper. It's uh, Matthew twenty six, chapter twenty six, verse twenty six. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples, and said, "Take, eat." This is my body. 
And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. He paid with his blood. We have now have a better covenant, the old one becoming obsolete, according to the word of God. And uh, you see, at the cross, Jesus paid for all sins, for our eternal life, for our redemption, to be reconciled back to God. Sin no longer kept us from God. Amen. Not that that allows us to sin. We should never sin. And if we do, if we slip, we should pick ourselves back up and immediately go to the Lord and ask for his forgiveness of our sins. First John chapter 1, verse 9 says that we are to confess, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, to cleanse your conscience. So you can move on almost really as though nothing had ever happened, as though you had never sinned before because your sins are washed away white as snow. Amen. Because God doesn't want us to waste time in paying our own penance and paying for it. We can never pay for our own sins, so we should never try to by by looking at the clock and saying, well, if I if I spend three more days in in uh, in pity, self-pity, then that will pay for my sins. Nothing will pay for the sins but the blood of Jesus. God wants us to get up, move on, because there's work to do, which is partly what, what's going on here. We now have work to do that we didn't have before. The work to do that we have now, because Jesus went to the cross, is not just trusting in the Lord and, and remaining in the shadow, in the shelter, big, uh, excuse me, shelter of the Most High, abiding in the shadow of the Almighty. It is to go out and actually take action with God living in us, working through us. We are to take action. For example, we speak to, an, to a map of the world on the wall and say, Africa shall not be diseased. Africa, the people of Africa, shall be born again. They shall be saved. I speak salvation on the continent of Africa, including Kenya, including Nairobi, in the name of Jesus, and no one shall have evil fall before them. No plague shall come near them in the name of Jesus. Now, what am I doing? I'm actually kind of quoting from Psalms 91, but I'm decreeing and declaring it as a son of God over this continent right now in Jesus' name. I speak healing and wholeness to every precious soul in Africa. That's everybody living right now is a precious soul to the Lord. I speak life and I command all sickness and disease to be gone from every soul in the continent of Africa. And you might say, well, how can you do that? Africa is a huge, huge continent. How can you possibly speak that with your English words and just believe it's just going to happen like that? Well, the Lord said, according to your faith, let it be unto you. So I, with all of my being and doing my best, to remember the stripes of Christ, to know who I am in Christ, my identity, and to use that and not to keep it and not give it out. I have freely received. Now I am supposed to freely give, according to Jesus. This is one of the reasons we started this program on the radio, 
And it is because I heard in my spirit the Lord tell me that if you love me, feed my sheep. That is the one verse that triggered this program. And I thought, I must obey the order and the command and the ask of the Lord. I must do that. How can I feed his sheep? Well, to teach them who they are in Christ, to teach them that they need Jesus to, to have salvation. Psalm 91 is very comforting, and it is critical that we do dwell in the shelter of the Most High, abiding in the shadow of the Almighty. He's our refuge and our fortress. But now, in the New Testament, after Jesus has shed his blood on the cross, and he's already told, talked about that at the Lord's Supper, we are now a born-again believer, but God now dwells in us. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one, dwell in us. And it's the Bible says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. So now we are not supposed to just freely receive God in us. We're supposed to freely give God from within us. That means going about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God is with us and God is within us and God wants to flow out of us. So today we should not be in fear of any virus, of any sickness, disease, of anything at all. No fear whatsoever in Jesus' name. Because if we understand who the, the nature of our Father, and if we don't know God the Father, then we can just turn and look at how good Jesus is, how loving Jesus is, the nature and the character of Jesus, because Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 says that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. If we look and know the nature of God through Jesus, then we can take comfort that we can trust in the Lord, that He has us in the palm of His hand, like some people like to say, but He is within us. We are not supposed to stay sitting down knowing He's in us. We are supposed to get up off of the chair and go out into the streets and have no fear and you be the light shining upon men in your city in your street in your neighborhood you go about doing good you go about and and command that fear to leave people's hearts tell people about the love of christ tell people about the goodness of god and that they can trust in him because right now I myself and my wife, we have experienced many people around us in the neighborhood where we go that uh, really want prayer. They appreciate the prayer even more right now than they did before because right now they know that their life could depend on the prayer. It, nobody wants to die. Nobody wants to die and go back to the Lord or wherever they're they've decided in their hearts to believe in to where to go whether it's hell or heaven they nobody wants to die they don't want to die before their time amen from the and when i say die i, I mean i mean their physical body dying because obviously the the born again believer never dies and nor does the soul who goes to hell never dies 
It's just where we go at the end based on what we believe and, and who we confessed in as our Lord. Was Did we confess that, that the devil was our Lord or did we confess that Jesus was our Lord? We have to choose. Amen. But we, we need to go about and help these people understand and pray over them and speak to them and love them and comfort them by the nature of God flowing out of you through your lips, through your heart, through your eyes and your mouth and what you speak, how you comfort them. You can bring much comfort in these hours and days and months ahead by just being around other people and loving them. And say, well, you might say, well, I can't be around people because I might catch this virus. According to your faith, be it unto you. So even Psalm 91 was telling you that no plague uh, come near your tent in verse 10. That's an Old Testament verse. How much more now in the New Testament are you supposed to really be sure about that? You, you really are now in a position where if you are laying hands on the sick, there's fire coming out of you, the power of God is coming out of you, therefore no plague is ever going to be able to withstand a fire that is already in you, so no plague is going to come near your tent or near your body because you believe that everything that comes near you that's not of God is repelled. It's pushed away like magnets opposing each other at opposite ends. Amen? So, do not be fearful because you are supposed to be the example of Christ. You are supposed to represent Christ. And you're supposed to go about doing good and, and, and bringing comfort to the captives, setting them free by the truth of the Word of God, praying for them, commanding sickness out of their body, speaking life into their immune systems so that their immune systems can also fight anything off that they shouldn't be having in their body. Amen. Any sickness, disease. But at the same time, you could be commanding the sickness to go, commanding any coronavirus to go. You can tell COVID-19, be gone in Jesus' name. Whatever you want to happen. And what you want to happen should be what God wants to happen. And God has paid through His Son, not just for your sins, but also for total salvation, which includes healing. Salvation is not just eternal life, although that's a big one. But salvation includes healing, restoration, amen, in their, in their, in their spirit, salvation, amen, uh, eternal life. But also salvation includes healing by way of their body and their heart. And, and God has paid for that preciously with the blood of his son on the cross. And now we are walking in victory and we should not allow anything to bring us down in fear or cause us to freeze up and not take action. This is a time to arise and shine, body of Christ, brothers and sisters uh, that hear this today. I want to encourage you. You are amazing. You can do this because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And please get in touch with us. We would love to encourage you believers over the phone, over the email. Our uh, website is touchofgodradio.org. Our email address is touchofgodradio at gmail.com. That's touchofgodradio at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to pray for you, whether you are a believer or not. Get in touch with us. We want to love on you and encourage you and bring you the truth. Amen. And that's all we have time for this week. Have a blessed week. Have a confident week. 
be bold as a lion on these streets where you live and love on people because right now they need it. And they always need it, but right now they really do need it and they don't want to be in fear. Nobody wants to be in fear. So bring them peace, lay hands on them, and this disease shall not jump on you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a blessed week.